Hi, I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. Hello and welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. My name is Daniel, dun, 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 dun. and I'm here with Pastor Troy. Yes, and Josh Humphreys. Hey there! We're really excited to get into it, <laughs> Pastor Troy. What are we reading about today? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Daniel, because this week we read through Deuteronomy chapter 31, and then went into Joshua, closed out Deuteronomy, and then went into Joshua all the way through chapter 10, and then in the Psalms we covered Psalms 40, 41, and 42 and 43 and 44, or the beginning of 44. And then Proverbs chapter 13, and then Luke chapter 7 through chapter 10, verse 24. So, and that's it. If you read verse 25, you went way too you far. Went way over. That <laughs> way is out of next bounds. week, no, that's Josh. next week. That's next week's reading. <laughs> that's we'll not cover. my fault. Yes, that's right. But anyway, so all kinds of cool stuff, though, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, some amazing stories that you should be familiar with. And, uh, and that's, the, I think, the cool thing about the, all, the, all the time in the Bible reading is that uh, there, uh, every week we do this, there's always something fantastic in the reading. And so when we come back, we're going to cover some of those fantastic things. Welcome back. We are going to start talking about what we read this week. Pretty excited mm. to hear what you got to say, Troy. It was, it was a good week of reading because we closed out Deuteronomy where Moses dies and and hands over the mantle to Joshua. And, uh, and so there's so many amazing events that uh, take place uh, in, that, uh, in that stretch of time. I... Um, I I started with Joshua chapter one. Uh, so for what I, that's, and every time I go through this, uh, I try to make myself. This is just my own little thing. I try to make myself write something different than or focus on a different passage yeah. than I've focused on in years past. Mm-hmm. But uh, this time, Joshua chapter one verses eight and nine. It says, "The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe." to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I you know, I just think what an amazing word from the Lord to give to Joshua and and always to always be meditating upon God's word. I think that's really kind of the whole substance of what we do. Uh, reason why we created this podcast and the reason why we do the uh, Bible reading through the year is that this becomes just a practice for all of us. Uh, it's sometimes when we read the Old Testament, we think in terms of Joshua. Oh, he's just big here on the faith. King King David here on the faith. Moses here on the faith, and so forth. But really. God is, when the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost, he was creating a kingdom of Joshua's, a kingdom of David's, a kingdom of Moses's, Mosai, I guess is what they would be. Moses's. 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 And so, but the, because all of us are empowered with the same spirit that empowered them. Uh, and, And really, I mean, Jesus is the one who's giving this out. So it's not, it's the same 
Jesus that empowered Joshua and Moses and so forth is now empowering us today. Mm. And and so this so when we hear things like this, this is this is should be the standard for our own lives that we should be meditating upon uh, God's word. And the word that is revealed to us in the New Testament, the word is Jesus. Mm. Uh, Jesus is the word given. Uh, Michael Card wrote a song years ago called uh, The Final Word. Uh, I think the name of the album, I think, was called The Final Word. Uh, but how God spoke the world into existence, and the last word of creation that God uttered was the word Jesus. That uh, that He spoke Jesus into existence, oh. and uh, as as in the incarnation, uh, just, uh, just uh, what a, a powerful thing that there uh, that He was not man, and then God speaks, and He is man, and uh, and that was the last because He's not accounted for in the normal uh, process of reproduction of humanity, and so uh, that um, and so so He is literally the Word of God. And, uh, and then we are meditating upon, when we read the Bible, we are meditating upon uh, him, uh, mm-hmm. upon Christ, upon a person, uh, the truth, uh, the way, the life. Uh, and so, uh, so as we read the Bible, we are gaining a greater understanding of Jesus. That would be a great name for a podcast. Like understanding, like understanding something about Jesus. Something, understanding something about Jesus. Wow. But let's, let's shorten it. Shorten it. Uh, there you go. Oh uh, and... And here's the thing, God God is still looking for people to be courageous about moving forward with this plan. He's still saying to us to be meditating upon his word uh, and and that as we meditate, and, and I think prosperity has changed uh, in, in its understanding because our prosperity is not defined uh, from an Old Testament understanding of prosperity, but from a New Testament understanding of prosperity through the person of Christ. And prosperity in Christ is just being fruitful for the ministry of God, meaning that we are accomplishing the will and purpose of redemption that he sent Christ for. And so uh, so mm. our prosperity is when we are being meditating upon his word and being encouraged and strong and courageous is when we see the kingdom being advanced. Yeah, like um, in yeah. Second Chronicles 16 where it says, and the Lord's looking, his eyes roam to and fro about the earth looking for people who are going to be fully committed to him, mm. fully dedicated. Like, yeah, like you, like you said, that's cool. Yes, and the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, uh, and and you know that's again, uh, that's the thing that I I really people told me this when I first started studying the Word uh, that uh, that you would have these moments in life where all of a sudden you would be uh, that a pa- of passes of scripture or something from the Bible that it would be in your head even though you might not be able to recite it from memory but at that particular moment it would be like God would bring forth that from your mind and be like oh. This is what this is how the word of God applies right here, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's like that's a that's an amazing thing. But you have to have spent some time meditating upon His word in order to have that um, yeah. that, that access. Yeah, awesome. But but when we do have that, He does it follows us wherever we go, and so the word the word of the Lord literally is with us. And you really do have to spend like the time getting to know the word because mm-hmm. if you just like if you just take what you saw on a department store billboard you know like oh John, okay so that that applies to my life if you don't if you're not familiar with the word you can get yourself into trouble just quoting random verses to yourself and the whole world word sorry <laughs> like the whole word from beginning to end like yeah. the story of the bible where mm-hmm. does this fit in how does this fit in what's the character of god here like yeah and it's a story about him not about 
And that's yeah, why these that's, Bible reading plans are so like great for people. Yeah, because and I think that med- the, the the idea of meditating is not you know transcendental meditation of emptying yourself out, but actually f- filling. Filling yourself. And right. and to take time to think, what did I just read? That's a, mm-hmm. that's what meditating is. It's yeah. like, and because some people's like, I read it, I don't get anything out of it. It's like, well, then you're reading too fast. Mm-hmm. So if you read something and you don't get, don't. Don't leave that passage until you have an understanding of what that passage is saying. Again, that was the reason why we created this podcast was to help you slow down and stop and go, oh, this is what that passage was saying. And for me, like journal, and this isn't the same for everybody, but for me, journaling is really helpful in that. Like, sometimes if I just sit and think about something, Mm -hmm. my mind just wanders. Mm -hmm. I'm just so distractible. But if I'm writing down thoughts. Then it's like my brain is working on. It's almost like it's working on a problem. Yeah, and I and I and somebody encouraged me because praying was like that for me. Yeah, and so I would I create a prayer journal where I would write down my prayers, and it was really helpful to get myself into a mode of disciplining myself to spend longer than thirty seven seconds in prayer mm-hmm. before my mind started to wander off on all the things that I was doing throughout the day. But writing writing out your prayers or writing out your thoughts and and so forth does does help keep you focused. Yeah, and one more thing, I always confused meditation with memorization and thought that I had to memorize things to meditate on things when reality was that I could meditate on the story of scripture on what I just read and understand like if I was reading through creation I could just think through what I had just read think about what God was doing Mm -hmm. on each day and think about how he was you know working with you know whatever was happening I mean because that's what the people of Israel had to do they didn't have a Bible to carry around and be like, oh, this I can read this. And I, they had this story that they were hearing orally, mm. um, and they could think on that. They they mm. had to think on it and meditate that way rather than I have to memorize, you know, Psalm 36, verse 1 through 7 for me to understand it. It's like, no, they had to think on it after what they had heard. And that was right. something that I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Well, on the same note, you know, just kind of segue into what I was reading. If you're done. Is, if I'm it, done. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to go into in Deuteronomy, um, just a, you know, a few verses prior. It's um, verses 46 and 47. It says, uh, he said to them, Moses said to them, take heart all these words I'm giving you, I'm giving as a warning to you today so that you may command your children to carefully follow all the words of this law. For they are not meaningless words to you, but they are your life. And by them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. And I just love that. The, the words of the law are not meaningless. They're like, they were life to God's people. And today as, you know, 2021 Gentile culture, we, you know, we read Paul and start to get this negative view of the law uh, given to God's people. And But really, it, like, when, they're give, when they were given, they were like the best thing that they had. They were hard, but they were the best thing that they had. And, and it just, it just, I think, taught me a lesson that nothing that God gives us is meaningless. Um, everything he gives us is for good. Even when he, uh, sometimes he wounds, like Hosea 6.1 says, the Lord is wounded, but he will heal. Um, and it says, uh, um, sometimes it's in ways that we don't understand, like on Isaiah 55, when it says, um, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Um, but it's never without meaning. It may hurt. We may not understand, but there is meaning, and it's for our good. It's it's life to us. Um, even even reading, you know, we've spent the first four months of this year trudging through the law of Moses, and here we are coming out of it. And hopefully, we can look back and say that is that was for their good. That's for my good. Like look, reading that and and meditating even on that is for are good even though even if we don't have to follow it to the letter you know today anymore so um anyway that's just just anything that god gives us um good bad ugly um it's always 
life to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I'm going to take us back to the book of Joshua. Um, fun fact, my mom did a character study on Joshua, and then I was born. And oh. so my name is Joshua. And it's been a wow. character study ever since. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> so I'm actually in Joshua 2. Um, and I just wanted to say a few things before I get into the Devo, because I think the book of Joshua is watered down so much for children that the first time I read through Joshua, I was blown away at how much I was just unaware of that was happening. Like, it's a violent book. The VeggieTale movie doesn't quite cover it. <laughs> right. I mean, they, they you know, they, they mark Joshua as this very courageous, and he was. He was this very courageous yeah. man. But this book is gory. Like, they're killing a lot of people and we focus on this one story of Joshua marched around <laughs> this these walls seven times and then the walls fell down and forget the slaughter that comes yeah, out after right, come right exactly. I mean it's like a massive bodies in the streets yeah. people I mean they, they water it down and they're like wow this is such a yeah. cool story it's like have you read the rest like it's pretty intense yeah. um, and just something to, to show that I was reading it um, Joshua 2 this week and I was just like whoa, I kind of forgot that this book, like that God, like people feared God. Like that's yeah. a, that God fearing term is for a reason. Um, and so it's right here when, when um, Joshua sends spies into this, uh, this Jericho and mm-hmm. some other places. Um, but they, they meet this prostitute named Rahab. And this is what happens. This is before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, meaning the people and her house and all that kind of stuff. And that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. That's crazy. So then she goes on and says, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And then this part. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. And like, those people were scared of God because, mm. I mean, he he was doing what God does. I mean, he was showing the world around him that he was powerful, you know, and like that this God, Yahweh, is different than anything else. He he divided the Red Sea, uh, and, and he's powerful, and he's not to be messed with. Um, and I just think that's crazy. I mean, their hearts melted away. What a very... Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark type of uh, picture there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just crazy. People and we show the book of Joshua as this like, look at this cool thing. It's like, you know, when you think of hearts melting in fear, Daniel can appreciate this. I'm thinking about those two spies when they went back and their wives going, so you were with, a prostitute? You? <laughs> with a prostitute? Why? Why were you with this woman? <laughs> Not the point. All the people in Jericho. <laughs> All the people in Jericho. And you spent the night where? <laughs> okay. All right. Good explanation. Yeah. And then you hid? Is that? <laughs> Yikes. I do have a question about that later. So, All right. Oh, so stay I'll tuned. Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. that's, that's it. Oh, that's it? Me. Oh. That's all? That's I just thought, See I just, I was week. laughing at how he said uh, Israel's time was intense but in the wilderness. <laughs> oh, my god. <gosh>. Camping. <laughs> so punny. Not the point. <laughs> this story's not about you. <laughs> you see how we get. See, there's so much there, isn't there? 
Um, okay, I'm going to share something from Psalm 42 because it is such an amazing mm. psalm. But uh, it says, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. In the night, his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. You know, when uh, when we are hurting, I think the hardest thing is to just to get to press on. To, it's just that we, we almost, I don't know if anybody's ever been in a, in a position, uh, many people have, some people, if you haven't, then it's hard to understand this, but you can get to a place where you are hurting so bad, you just want your life to end. Uh, and it's not that you're suicidal, it's just that you, you think that could be the only relief that you would get, even if you're a firm believer in Christ. In fact, more so, I think, if you're a firm believer in Christ, because you know that if your life ended, at least you'd go to glory and you'd have heaven and so forth. And you're thinking, what, what would be the point of God leaving me here just to agonize like this? Uh, and, and, of course, just even looking forward to uh, Christ uh, is, um, is you think, what is the point of being routinely beat up and, and to seeing the words that you're saying, falling on deaf ears, to go through all of this struggle, to share this message with all these people, and then they all abandon you and, and forsake you and flee. And then you go to the cross, and it's like, I've done all this, and, and we get to this point, and now I'm just completely rejected by people. And, uh, and the only thing he has to hold on to is that the word from the Father is is that this is what he must do in order to um, in order to see through the salvation for mankind and and because he has purposefully put that part of his deity aside that that kind of foreknowledge or all encompassing knowledge and there are some things he is restrained from himself he is going into it as a man and uh, and facing death not knowing what death is going to be like i mean that's one of the things that uh you know when you think about the character of god and all the all that encompasses who god is one thing that god did not possess or god did not uh, have as a part of him is what it means to be a man, uh, what it is to be a created being. And and he took that upon himself to understand that so that he could be as we are, to live as we live, to understand as we understand. He, because if he, he couldn't go through uh, and be our redemptive uh, power as uh, as God, because uh, obviously we're not God, but he did, could do it as a man. So he that's what he did. He became fully man. And so he's facing death as we face death. And, and so when he's abandoned, he's abandoned as we feel abandoned. So he knows that as we feel that, so he felt that. And, uh, and so, so the psalmist here is crying out to one and God is, it's almost like God is like, you know, that same pain that you are experiencing, I'm going to subject myself willingly to the same emptiness and, uh, and desperate, uh, feeling that you're having there. So, I mean, he actually knows, so God knows how you feel. So when we say that, we can literally say that with full confidence, he knows how you feel. And uh, and yet assures us he will not forsake us or abandon us. It's so crazy to think about God as some something who that is lacking in any way. You know, like like he he is this all powerful, self sufficient thing, and yet he like you said he didn't he didn't he wasn't able to understand 
not able, you know, he's yeah. he was able, so he made himself like he he made that happen. But pre Jesus being incarnated, there was no experience, there was no um, like empathy for humanity. It was yeah. just so he did that for for us, but also for himself, like that he could relate to us. This God who doesn't need anything yeah. did that. Subjected himself he to wanted, that. He wanted to know it. Yeah. Why? I don't understand that thought process yeah. in God. Yeah. Someone so less than him, he wanted to understand better. The ones that yeah. he made. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty cool. And and part of that, I know, and this is hard to wrap your brain around. You say, well, how could God, there be something that God doesn't know? Well, God did know because he's not subject to time. Right. And so because he's eternal, he already knew how Jesus would feel in that moment. Right. He had that feeling about himself, but it's through the incarnation. Now that, that makes my head hurt for a little that bit. To, to for think. that to work. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. 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 So, so we can we can still deal with the theology of that at another time. But, it, but this is something I wrote down. I said, the lie of the enemy is that we are of no use to anyone, including ourselves, and we don't want to be here if we're just a continual drain and burden and feel horrible. But it is a lie. God does have a purpose and a plan for us and is glorified when we endure. And I, I say that because I know people who have gotten into those dark places and think I would rather in my life than be a drain on my family or be a burden to others because I'm in this I'm in this place where I, I how could I contribute anything? How could I be of any use to anyone because of this disability or because of this because me just laying here and suffering and so forth and all these other people having to serve me and so forth. But that, that again, that's a lie that the enemy is putting in our head. As long as we are in whatever state we are in, in whatever condition we're in, God still uses us and uses this Job is a great example. Job in the in the deepest darkest moments he was in wasn't able to minister to other people wasn't able to serve other people but yet God used him and had a great purpose to bring glory to himself through Job's condition uh, and so um, so that that's just something we need to continually remind ourselves of mm. sweet 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 all right I'm gonna move move my part to John nine fifty um, I was I was reading it and it's real real short it just says so it's, the apostles are out casting out demons and doing all this stuff um yeah in the book of luke john oh okay um, yeah. i was like what and josh is like are we supposed to be in john <laughs> it's like, guys i was already Man. confused um, yeah john so, is in the gospel of luke go figure right it's crazy oh my goodness uh, so yeah the the uh, apostles are out um doing crazy things and and they come across this guy who's casting out demons in jesus's name and they try to stop him which is it's interesting that's John bringing this up because John is like this elitist disciple. He's like the one who always thinks that he's better than everybody else. And uh, he uh, he comes up to Jesus and he says, Master, there's this guy casting out demons in your name. We tried to stop him because he's not one of us. And Jesus is, says, don't stop him because whoever's not whoever isn't against you is for you. And uh, or whoever what is, what is it? Um, uh, whoever yeah whoever is not against you is for you. And I just, it made me, kind of took me aback and just how quick we are to um, to consider those people who aren't doing ministry exactly the same way as us or is, isn't doing it like right next to us as like the enemy, right? Like we can't, we, we don't affirm what they're doing. We can't back them because they're not doing it like we're doing it. And, um, and it's interesting that Jesus just calls them out and says, whoever's not against you, is for you because I think our mentality goes back to um, where was it? it was uh, 
Matthew 12:30 um, when it when Jesus says whoever isn't for me is against me mm-hmm. right and we we maintain that philosophy but um, you have to look at the context here and in one where Jesus says if you're not for me you're against me and or if you're not with me you're against me and he's talking to people who aren't even with Jesus like don't claim Jesus at all have no affiliation and if so in that case if if yeah if the person's doing stuff and they're not with Jesus they are against Jesus. But Jesus is saying, these are people claiming my name, hmm. like doing things on my behalf, good things on my behalf. So don't don't say to stop their work, even though it's not the way you're doing it. And I think in 2021 and the last several years, as, as far as I've, as far as I've <laughs> seen, we churches, Christians really do that to each other. We really like say, oh, you're, you're doing church totally different from us. You're doing ministry completely contrary to the way I think it should be done. So stop doing that. Right. And Jesus, I think Jesus would say to us, no, if they're not, they're with me, they're yeah. just not with you. Right. You know? Um, so, so we put ourselves in the place of Jesus a lot in that case. And we say, if they're not with me, then that must mean they're not with Jesus. And Jesus would say, no, they're just not with you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Paul even said, you know, i try to be all things to all people in order mm-hmm. that I might win some. And I think we are so short sighted in our thinking mm-hmm. that, uh, obviously if God is doing, you know, I think about when I look at the churches in our area, people are like, well, this church is doing that. I'm like, well, then that's what they do. That's what they do. And they're, and they're reaching the people they reach to that. So if we're doing exactly what they're doing, then we're really not necessary. <laughs> yeah. We could all just go there. <laughs> but we're doing what we do in order to reach the people that God wants us to reach people with. And 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 I think that's what each church has to discover. And each believer has to discover that, you know, that this is how God wants me to uh, serve him and, and, and be faithful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. yeah. Cool, cool. Good word. Good word. Good word. Well, I'm in Luke um, a little bit before where Daniel was. I'm in Luke chapter 8, verses 36 through 39. A little bit of context because it's important about what's happening here is that Jesus just cast um, some of these, uh, a lot of demons out into some pigs, and these pigs go and drown themselves. Um, And Mm. so this is where we pick up. Um, And so. Uh, yeah, so it just says, and those who had seen it, meaning seen that Jesus cast these demons out and all these pigs jumped into the water, all that kind of stuff. It says, those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding countries of Gerasenes, or however you say that, asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he, Jesus, got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged, wait, sorry, the man who from the from whom the demons had gone, begged that he might stay with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. And this is a very interesting story. I mean, like, this guy's running, and he's like, Jesus, like, please stay with me. Um, and the people... Or let me go with you. Yeah, yeah. And the people of this of this area don't want Jesus at all. And they're like, get away from us. Like, yeah. we're afraid of you. Yeah. Um, and so this guy has just been healed by Jesus. He wants to be with Jesus. And what does Jesus say? He's, he says, no, go and tell them about everything that, that God has done for you. Like, and go, go proclaim that and exclaim that to the world. Um, because they're not, they're afraid of me. They're not going to listen. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting. It's something that you don't see often in the Bible of Jesus saying, like go away and 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 go tell people about me. Usually right. we see him say, "Hey, don't tell anyone <laughs> that you saw this." Like don't. Um, and it's just something interesting that that you don't see a lot. And, and that cool. he and then he encouraged him to minister to his own people yeah. as opposed to going with him. Yeah. Um, and and this group is kind of, is kind of like finding finding uh, 
Jewish swine raising Jews is finding a group of beer drinking Baptists. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> it's like kind of an anomaly, but that just kind of means they're not really where they need to be and uh, and doing things they shouldn't be involved in. And and so to have Jesus show up in your world, uh, the ir- and, and I think it kind of brings us into our own world. It's that Jesus shows up into this group of people who really aren't that faithful in their relationship with God and really don't even want God to show up there uh, yet. The person who they even believe is way far away. That's the one person that God connects with and transforms. And now he instantly passes them up spiritually right. uh, in in his journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reminds me of uh, a couple I counseled, and uh, and they were living together. And she was supposedly a Christian, and he was an atheist, or, or you know, uh, well, anyway, he something didn't believe like in something yeah. like that. And <laughs> so he got saved and instantly became aware of, wait a second, I shouldn't be living with this person, you know, mm-hmm. and so forth. And so now she's all like, what have you done to mess up my life kind of thing, <laughs> you know, by getting this guy saved because now everything's ruined, uh, messed up my relationship. And so it's like one of those, uh, you know, but that happens. Uh, that's, that's, and I, I tell people all the time, it's like if you are, uh, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they get saved, what are they gonna at that point? What are they gonna think about you mm-hmm. uh, then? But mm-hmm. yeah, and so yeah. So if you got a demoniac friend, demoniac, <laughs> never heard that. The that sounds demoniac. like a band. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> demoniac, the, the demoniac. Yeah, the Ooh. demoniacs. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Uh, we will not be endorsing that band. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. They are leading. Anyway. Cool, good stuff. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Lead singer Legion. Yeah. That's right. Mm. Legion in the pigs. Okay. Another good All right. <laughs> we, I'm sure we have questions to answer. Let's come back. All right, we're here. We've got we've got a big question that I think a lot of people share um, that we're going to address today regarding Rahab. A couple questions about Rahab. Um, she's a questionable character, apparently, in the Bible. So not questionable that she's in the Bible, but questionable actions, you might say. So, Josh, you, you're the you're the question guy today. So yes. ask away. Yeah. So we're here um, in Joshua. And um, we see that these people are trying to kill Joshua's spies, these spies that are trying to figure out what's going on with this land of Jericho. As nations do with spies. Right, right. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, And so Rahab hides the spies on her roof and covers them with leaves. (laughs) And um, these people come around and they're like, hey, where do you know who these spies are? And she's like, no. Even though she's hiding them, she knows what where they are. And so my question is, was it okay that Rahab lied? Because isn't lying a sin? I'm confused. Well, this is in um, every ethics class they teach in school uh, in 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 Bible college or seminary, Mm -hmm. because it is akin to the question: If I'm hiding, if the Christians were hiding Jews in their basement, and the Nazis came to the door and asked, "Are you hiding Jews in your basement?" Was it wrong to say no? Or did you have to say, well, you got me, 
So I now, yes, I am hiding Jews in my basement. And so then all the families are killed. And you're like, well, I couldn't lie. <laughs> uh, and so forth. That is always the um, that is the quintessential question. Uh, and, the, and the truth is, is that uh, more often than not, we uh, the bigger ethics dilemma is do we put – uh, Sprite into a cup that we bought telling them it was water uh, at the restaurant. That was actually the more that we <laughs> we deal with on a more regular basis. You know, when you go to a restaurant, <laughs> you order water and you put Sprite in the in the water cup or whatever just to. That's that's probably the greater ethical dilemma that we all face <laughs> uh, because not very many of us. And the reason I say that is because. Not very many of us have ever had Jews in our basement and Nazis knocking on our door. <laughs> and in the same way with Rahab, not many of us have had spies come to us whose lives were endangered and God saying so forth. Now, there, there's some things you can't do. You can't go so far as to say God says, condones, it's okay to lie. That We just can't. Mm-hmm. It's absolute. God says it's not okay to lie. So we know that she, uh, yeah, it would be wrong for her to uh, say, but, but here, but it also teaches us something about the nature of sin. And that we live in a fallen world and we are fallen people. And because mm-hmm. of the nature of who we are and the circumstances we are in, we can't see the perfect solution to a problem. The only person who's ever lived who saw the perfect solution in every situation and was always where he needed to be so that he could say what he needed to say was Jesus. He was the only person who never spoke a lie, who never had deception in his heart, mm-hmm. who, and there were times when he just didn't speak. And but he never was deceptive. He never was misleading. He everything he was. We know that everything he says. So he's the he's the one we have to follow. So when we're looking at anybody else in scripture and we're saying, hey, they were in this situation. You have to realize this is a combination of a lot of fallen things that are coming together. And she's a fallen person. So even if she wanted to, she would get in a situation where would she find herself feeling like she had to lie uh, in order to protect them and so forth. But but here's what you don't know. If she had spoken the truth, do you think God would not have protected the spies? Do you think mm. that somehow that it would have not worked mm. out the way it was supposed to work out? That uh, and that's the thing you have to always remember. Yeah. We're looking at the story as it unfolded, and with all the, and God works all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. But the reality is, is that God still would have accomplished what He wanted to accomplish if she was being faithful to. He would not. He didn't create a scenario where she had to lie mm-hmm. in order to protect the spies. Uh, but um, but there was a scenario in which she felt that she had to do that. But uh, but that was the result of her own fallenness and the fallen nature of those around her. So. Wow. It seems like it gives validity to the the story, you know, like like mm-hmm. it, like it as a true story. Because yeah, absolutely. It, you don't it just make it. up a story that's just kind of messy like that. Yeah. You know? It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You're trying to get a moral point across through it's, fiction. It's you don't just what happened. Put a morally ambiguous yeah. moment yeah. in there, you know. Right. Hmm. That's and, super cool. And, and, I, and, I, and there's a lot of things like that in the Bible where you see if you were writing this as a story, even if you were trying to make this story good, uh, you wouldn't have put that. And especially Multiple disciples with the same name, like <laughs> you know, don't do that. So, yeah, exactly. It's bad writing. Bad writing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's really important to see when, when we see sin in the Bible that like like this, like where sin was was present, but it, everything worked out is just like, um, wow, we have to ask the question of like, man, was it going to be okay? Even if she didn't sin, like, was he going to protect, you know, yeah, the, the spies are with Moses. Like when Moses was like, Hey, tell all these people that you're my sister, Sarah, and then we'll be good. It's like, I mean, God had planned to protect Abram and Abraham and, and, from the beginning. And we mentioned that, uh, you know, that uh, she is in that we were talking in between that she was um, in the she's in the genealogy of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so you have her 
God using her, bringing her, that God has his hand upon her life Mm -hmm. and to spare her so that she then becomes part of the nation of Israel and then is weaved into, Mm -hmm. woven into the genealogy of Christ. It's kind of like Judah uh, and uh, and the birth of Perez uh, that, you know, he... Uh, his uh, his son dies. Uh, his wife is in mourning. Uh, he promises to give one of his sons to her. Uh, he does not. Uh, in his weakness, he goes in the town, gets drunk, thinks she's a prostitute, uh, and then they have a child together. It's a really messy story. Mm-hmm. And that child, the child is right. born out of that experience. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like saying, so does God want me to go into town and, right. and, right. and have, you know, uh, relations with my daughter-in-law? No, no, I'm not going to say that was right. I'm going to say that was completely sinful on mm-hmm. every account. Uh, but yet God used that. And that's the, but that's the whole message of redemption. Mm-hmm. God, right. the whole thing is messy and God is working within this sinful world and bringing us into his plan of redemption. Yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So my other question about Rahab um, is something that I just, <laughs> I was listening to something and this person said that she was just like the scum of the earth prostitute and look what God, you know, do with it. And it was something like, you know, the the question came up in my head, was prostitution something women chose to do? Was it common for them to be like, oh, I want to grow up and be like this? Or was it something that they were forced to do? Like kind of like what it is today? Is it, I mean, yeah. Well, and, and, and I know it's a good question. I, there's no one who's I mean, obviously, we're not forced to do prostitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, you there's death, <laughs> and uh, and I mean, as an option, uh, and and so, but there are many circumstances where that was the only foreseeable path mm-hmm. uh, like to slavery. Slash yeah, exactly. Situations. Yeah. and so I mean that that's that's a situation that sadly exists in our world today. Yeah. It's it's a path that uh, that the only way people see. Uh, the need or the way they're going to be able to live. Uh, you had, you either had the, you beg on the streets or you s- are facing starving to death mm-hmm. or you choose this or this is offered as a, as a path to life. And, and so they, they choose that. Uh, this is the situation that uh, Christ comes into. Uh, he sees, and, and you have the person of Mary Magdalene and, and, mm-hmm. and others who are in the New Testament. That's so, um, I mean, Jesus hung out with drunkards and prostitutes. I mean, so that, and the reason was is because they didn't like their situation. Right. I think, I think the the danger we run into in our world today is when we begin to glorify those roles mm-hmm. and begin to say, no, not only is it, uh, it's like you should be proud of the fact that you're in this and not <laughs> right. seek deliverance from it. That's that's the that's the thing we see the the negative bent in our world today. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing that Jesus is a deliverer from those things. Right. When you when you deny Christ and you deny that there's an opportunity to be delivered, you just say, well, no, it's it's good that you are in this situation. It's good that, that this is your reality. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know, uh, and I hate I hate that that is the alternative mm-hmm. that people feel like they they need to turn to. But uh, but for all of us, uh, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, uh, Jesus is a is a plan uh, to be set free from that. Uh, scenario and uh, and whatever it is that we think is oppressing us, but no, I can't read her heart. I don't right. know whether she, but I, I will say that it was uh, she because she lived on the wall and because uh, she would have uh, this was probably a means. And she's she's in a fallen city. She's right. obviously in a pagan mm-hmm. group of people. So this would have been something that they would have seen as acceptable yeah. in in their world in a in a reasonable way to uh, to make a living. Well, um, you mentioned that she was in the genealogy of Christ, so I went to Matthew one with the genealogy there that we all know about. And 
Um, it looks. It seems like she was married after she after God right. called her out of that, and she joined God's people. Mm-hmm. She yeah. left that way of life right. because she had a husband. Right. Uh, so, wherever whatever choices or life circumstance she had made or had been in, right. She God called her out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's what that's what I was saying is that uh, no matter whether she made the choice or didn't right. make the choice, whether she forced into it or not forced into it, that's really the, isn't that the story of sin altogether? Yeah, right. uh, we find ourselves in a lifestyle of sin, not by choice, but really mm-hmm. we were just born into Slavery. it, mm-hmm. and and so we're enslaved into it. And God Ooh, offers us so a path good. out of that, uh, and so we're all offered the opportunity for redemption mm-hmm. and rescue. And and the antithesis to that, what the enemy does, is he begins to say, you know what, it's it's okay for you to stay in this enslavement and this imprisonment. Mm-hmm. You know, like Janice and Dramas we were talking about, uh, they were fighting against Moses, and in fighting against Moses, they were actually fighting for the Israelites to remain enslaved. Right. And, uh, and, and, and to try to convince people it would be better for us to go back into slavery uh, than right. to move forward uh, on just based on God's promise to us. And, uh, and I think that's what he still does today. Mm-hmm. I think he still convinces people to stay enslaved rather than press toward God's promise of mm-hmm. redemption. Cool. That's really cool. Cool, cool. I never would have thought of it like that. Well, it was good talk, guys. Good. I enjoy you guys. Yeah, I enjoy you guys. This is cool. No, not me. No. Okay. <laughs> um, well, check us out on uh, on Facebook. You're welcome to find our page, and we actually videotape these podcasts every week, so you're welcome to do that. You're welcome to find us online at fbcj.us and email us questions. Yes, watching the Facebook version is kind of like the behind-the-scenes, yeah. unedited version. It's, it's a popular version. <laughs> I, I encourage you guys to check it out if you're listening. Uh, So that is our podcast for today. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast. If you would like more information on Understanding Jesus or First Baptist Church of Jackson or would just like to submit a question or comment, then you can call the church office at 573-243-8415 or you can email us at office at fbcj.us. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon.